0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده تعالى ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضلله ومن يضلل فلا هادئ له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله أما بعد so continuing with our study of the 40 hadith of imam An Nawawi, with The explanation of Sheikh Abdul Muhsin al Abbad, We're at the end of our study of hadith number 15 the hadith of abhi hurayata Radiallahu ta'ala an But the Messenger alayhi salatu said man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawm al-akhir Fall yakul khairan awliya whoever believes in allah on the last day then let him speak a word of good Or remain silent woman kana yu'minu billahi wal yawm al-akhir fall jarahu and whoever be, believes in Allah on the last day, then let him honor his neighbor. And whoever believes in Allah on the last day, then let him honor his, uh, his guest. So as I said, we have reached the uh, near the end of this particular narration. In this narration, Sheikh Abdul Muhsin al explanation to it is divided into six parts. And we've covered four parts to it we mentioned that uh, good manners good manners it goes back to four pillars and those four pillars are based upon four hadith does anybody remember what those four pillars are if you want to be a well-mannered person a good uh, a well-mannered person then you need to have four characteristics embodied within you. Four things within you. If you have those four things within you, then that will give birth to other beautiful, noble, lofty characteristics. Does anybody remember the four pillars of good manners? Doesn't have to be in any order. Number one, preservation of the tongue. two. Leaving that which doesn't concern you. Number three not be led them um, uh, by your emotions and your impulses Yeah, yeah. number four oh, 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 oh. Uh, have a, salam, salam. to yes to have a clean chest a clean heart towards others no jealousy no suspicion no hatred towards your muslim brothers and sisters in general Tamam. um so today we'll uh, have a look at part number five and that is Concerning the part where the messenger says, "Whoever believes in Allah on the Last Day, then let him honour his guest." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Al-Abban he says, Honouring the guest is from the rights of the Muslims that is due from the Muslims or the rights of the muslims uh, that is due are from the muslims you 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 are due, you are due a right from your muslim brothers if you're a guest they are due a right if they are guests at your house concerning this the messenger alayhi salatu has another narration and this is a narration recorded in the sahih of imam al-bukhari where the messenger alayhi salatu salam were the companion Abi shurah he said that i heard with my two ears and i saw with my two eyes when the messenger alayhi salatu waslam said man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmi al-akhir whoever believes in allah on the last day then let him honor his guest wa man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmi al-akhir jaizatahu and whoever believes in allah on the last day then let him reward his or let him honor his guest with his Award. Oh. It was said, What is his award, O Messenger of Allah? The Prophet he said, the is the award of the guest is a day and a night, hospitality is for three days. And whatever is beyond that, whatever is in addition to that, then that is charity upon him, meaning charity upon the guest. The scholars they mentioned concerning this that here the Prophet is mentioning the three levels of hospitality or of um, honoring the guest. The obligatory form. And that is, Mi'ani, receiving your guest and being hospitable for your guest for one night and a day and that is by giving him the best of food and the best of drink and putting your effort in basically for the first day and first night giving him uh, more than what you would usually do putting on the f- table more, more than what you would usually put on and then as for the other three they are not obligated they are not ob- uh, obligatory that is what is yani mustahab that is what is mustahab uh, and that is you giving the guests what you would usually have and then that which is beyond that the third level that is considered sadaqah that is termed as sadaqah so those are the three levels of hospitality first is that the one who is a guest that has come as a musafir the ulama they say it is in reference to the one that comes to your uh, as a guest that the one that you receive as a guest as a musafir he has come as a musafir he's a traveler he's not a muqim he's not resident in that particular town or land that person, that's a traveler, he is a guest for the first day and the first night and you give him for that first day and first night the best food and the best drink and the best form of entertainment. Uh, second level is that which is the perfect the mustahab, that which is recommended. And that is that you give him what is customary in your house. And the level that is less than that, the third level is that which is termed as sadaqah. Whatever you do beyond that is sadaqah. Part number six, so the summary of benefits of this hadith number one An encouragement to speak that which is good Number two Number two An encouragement to keep silent If there is no good in the speech the speech that you want to speak with, if there's no good in it, then there, this hadith is an encouragement to keep silent. Number three. And it is a reminder that when a person admonishes with Targheeb and by making people encouraged and making people uh, 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 scared uh, about the afterlife and about Allah and his punishment and his reward and so on and so forth. When a person makes Tarheeb and Tarheeb, Tarheeb encourages people. Tarheeb makes people يعني, dread. And a person should make mention of yawm al-akhir. Why? Why should a, per- a person make mention of the day of judgment, of the day of standing, of the final day? Because on that day, accounting shall take place. Therefore when a person bears in mind that uh, By me doing this deed, a deed That deed is going to be written down and I'm going to be presented with this deed on yawm al-qiyamah That by me keeping away from this evil action Me keeping away from this evil action if I do do the evil action then Allah will take me to account for it on yawm al-qiyamah When a person then thinks about yawm al-qiyamah When he's in this type of situation then he will be encouraged to do that particular good deed and keep away from that particular evil deed that is the wisdom behind mentioning Yom al-akhir when making targhib and tar'eeb uh, fourth matter al-targhib fi ikram al-jar wa tahdhir min ida'ihi encouragement to honor the neighbor and a cautioning as far as harming is con- harming him is concerned and number 5 al-hathth ala ikram al-dayf li so the fifth point the shaykh abdul muhsin abbad mentions Is that this hadith contains an encouragement to be good to be generous to the guest and to honor the guest and to be generous towards him so that there is the completion of the study brief study of the 15th hadith next we'll move on to the 16th hadith next we'll move on to the 16th hadith and the 16th hadith who would like to read it? Anybody memorized it? So, this is the hadith of Abu Hurayat. A man came to the Prophet والسلام, and, the, and he said to the Prophet, Advise me. So, the Prophet he just said to him two words, La Don't be angry. And the man kept on repeating this question, Advise me. O Sini, advise me. And the Prophet Kept on replying with the same answer. La Do not be angry. The hadith being recorded. And the Sahih of Imam al-Bukhari. Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Abad gives a very brief explanation to this. Consisting of three small parts. Part number one. In part number one, Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Abbad is clarifying. What is the meaning of the statement of the messenger salatu salam when he says don't become angry does the messenger mean and does this imply that becoming angry is haram the actual emotion of anger the actual feeling of anger that's haram no that is from uh, human nature no human no human can rid himself of the emotion of the emotion of of anger that is something that is just part and parcel of human nature so the thing that is being referred to in this hadith is not that that it is haram for you to even experience the emotion of anger or that it is advisable for you not to even experience the emotion of anger that is isn't what is being referred to that's natural some people it's more than others some people they have a tendency to internally get much more angry than others if you say one little thing to him he gets vexed if he sees one thing that agitates him his blood starts to boil other people they are uh, any anything that is said to them doesn't make a difference very easygoing people whatever you say to them you insult them you try to uh, you harm them with your tongue doesn't make a difference he's just easygoing he's not bothered so people they differ based upon whatever factors it may be might be that is just how you are it might be because of your childhood it might be because of your health yeah and maybe may be there is some health issue within a person Allahu Aalam I heard that yani, if you have sugar correct me if I'm wrong I don't know if there's any doctors here, if you have sugar it can make you a bit more agitated and di- diabetic and what have you Allahu alam. but point being is that this thi- this thing here it differs from person to person For various different factors, the upbringing, the environment that he was raised in, his childhood, his health, uh, and so on and so forth. So the actual characteristic of anger, the actual emotion of anger, that is not what is being referred to here. When the messenger says, don't become angry, he's not saying, get rid of this emotion of anger. That is not what is being referred to here. However, what is being referred to here is the following. Don't become angry, meaning asbab Keep away from the avenues of anger, those things that cause a person to become angry. Keep away from those means and those avenues and those causes that make you become angry, that could lead you to becoming angry. Don't expose yourself, don't expose yourself to what will bring about anger in you. Don't expose yourself to those settings, to those circumstances, to those environments. To those people that are Amen. gonna make you angry you know that when you go and speak to him about such and such you're gonna get angry don't expose yourself to that don't put yourself in that situation so this is what this statement of the messenger is in reference to don't get angry meaning keep away from those things that will lead you to becoming angry it doesn't mean that rid yourself of the emotion of anger because that is impossible. Now he, Sheikh of the Muhsin Abad, he quotes from Ibn at that the messenger والسلام, in this statement gathered the good of the dunya and the good of the afterlife in this particular hadith. Two words. But tremendous in meaning. How? How is it the case that the messenger combined good of the afterlife and this life in these two words when he said don't be angry. He said because Lianel Gabab, you owe ill at Takato, woman or Rift, Warubama, Alla, Ila, and Yuzi, the Almaghbub, Alehi, Fayantakis, Dalika Minadin. Because anger, it can lead to Takato, boycotting. Anger could lead to splitting of ties, family ties ties with the neighbor ties with your friends ties with those that you had good connection with before just by you acting upon that impulse of the anger could lead to those ties now splitting and it could lead likewise to a lack of gentleness being employed a lack of rift gentleness being employed and perhaps it could lead to the one that you are angry with it could lead to you harming him it could lead to you harming the one that you are angry with and thus that detracts from your deen. so this is how it affects your deen. a person he's insulted or he thinks he's been insulted so rather than holding on to his anger holding on to that impulse of his letting it reside rather than doing that he acts upon that impulse and thus he responds to the person that he got paranoid about he got paranoid that this person here ah, he's 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 mocking me so now I'm just going to insult him I'm going to insult him like he's never heard before so now he insults him and then the brother says ah, I didn't mean that I meant such and such and as a result of that you have now violated the honor of your Muslim brother just because you couldn't hold on to the impulse of the anger the impulse of the anger there is a way there is a way that you meant to maintain it yes in the Sunnah in fact we have an anger management program you could say people it is a shame in fact it is a shame that you find muslims will abandon what is in the Sunnah of al-Mustafa alayhi wasalaam, concerning their daily lives and the affairs that affect their daily lives such as anger and what have you they'll neglect the Sunnah of the messenger alayhi wasalaam, and the perfect pristine prophetic guidance as far as anger management for example is concerned and it's divine guidance it's come from the one who created the feature of anger within you. It's very, very shame. It's a very, very shameful thing of the Muslim abandons the sunnah of the Muslim alayhi salatu And then he resorts to the يعني, uh, the counselors from the those people that haven't been blessed with this prophetic guidance. No doubt. If a person wants, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing harmful. There is no harm in a person visiting a counselor for anger management and what have you, but a person goes to a counselor for anger management, yet he abandons the sunnah of Rasulullah because the anger management counselor, his understanding, his approach, his way of remedying your problem isn't based upon, it's not based upon revelation. It's based upon trial and error. It's based upon trial and error and perhaps trial and error of observing animals, observing monkeys, observing who knows what. They are, on the most part, perhaps they are just based upon the philosophies of the philosophers and the social scientists. So really and truly, as far as the counselors are concerned, person wants to go to them. Okay, If you want to go to them, go to them. However, first and foremost, you should be looking at what your Prophet taught you because what the Prophet said, it carries more weight and is more precise and more accurate than any type of advice and remedy that the counselor can give you so what is the anger management program for a lack of a better terms that the prophet ﷺ outlined for us we find that it is in reference to two matters one is related to your tongue And the second is related to your limbs, physically. So that which is related to your tongue, or rather, prior to that, prior to that, that there is something that you you are meant to do before the emotion of anger overwhelms you, before you become angry, before you're in a situation where you become angry. And what is that? That you beautify yourself. With noble characteristics, praiseworthy characteristics, beautiful characteristics. You adorn yourself, beautify yourself, embellish yourself with beautiful, praiseworthy, lofty characteristics. What type of characteristics? The characteristics of sabr, patience. The characteristics of hilm, gentleness. The characteristics of tu'ada. Of being uh, 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 deliberate And considerate about Having careful consideration for The things that you do and the things that you say to ADIS Having careful consideration For the things that you say the things that you do Before you do something Before you say something You give it consideration You give it some thought being thoughtful Being deliberate being considerate, carefully considerate about the things that you say and do, ta'adah. So, hilm and sabr and and ah these type of characteristics, beautify yourself with them from beforehand. Meaning, you have to start disciplining yourself on a daily basis. You have to think, all right, today I'm going to make sure I'm going to be patient when I'm faced with a circumstance that warrant that requires for me to be patient I'm going to be soft and kind and gentle and forbearing and I'm going to have this and tu'ada. I'm going to have this deliberation and consideration and thoughtfulness concerning the things that I do I'm not going to be hasty I'm going to think carefully about the things that I do on a daily basis you do this it's not easy obviously it's not easy every on a daily basis you have this intent to be like this Every single day you do this. It's training. Every single day you do this, day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out, and then before you realize it, you have developed this forbearing, clement, kind nature, a patient nature, a nature by which you are not mustajil and not hasty. That therefore develops with, within you a personality. Such that when you are now faced with a circumstance whereby usually you'd become angry. Usually you'd become angry and you would start raising your voice, getting angry, perhaps getting violent. But now because after months and months and months you've developed this beautiful character. Now when you're in that situation, you meet it. You meet that situation with patience, with ease and so on and so forth. This is something that a person may have to acquire. Because khuluq, good manners, good characteristics, are either. Number one, jibilli. They are just part and parcel of your nature. That is how Allah decreed you to be. Some people, they are just born and raised like that. Just kind people, soft people easy-going people, nice people. And then others perhaps, not really like that. Brought up, uh, you know, getting into fights all the time and just being a, you know, short-tempered person. But then later on in life, he disciplined himself and he changed himself. So now, in his situation, khuluk, good characteristics, good manners, they are acquired. They are not Jibili, they are not part and parcel of his nature in terms of how he was born and raised. He had to acquire them. So good characteristics are two types. One, you're just born like that. Or two, they're acquired. And perhaps most of us, as far as this is concerned, especially being born and raised in the UK and school and college and all that type of stuff, you have to acquire this type of patience. In school and in college none of us I don't think were the type that when someone does harm to them we say Salam you know and peace upon you and perhaps some of us was maybe but most of us someone does you over then you we would do him three times over and so on and so forth so for us especially those that are born and raised in where these type of characteristics aren't common We have to train ourselves, I have to train myself. You have to train yourself and acquire them. So when you do, when you do, do that, you acquire that nature, then when you're in a situation where usually you might end up reacting, now you meet that hostile situation with kindness and goodness and patience and thoughtfulness. So that's the first thing. And that is related to before you're in a situation of anger. Second thing, that when you do get angry now and when you are in a situation where you're getting angry yeah there's two things that you need to do one of them is related to your tongue and the second is related to your your physical body so that which is related to your tongue is of two is that itself consists of two things that which is related to your tongue, it itself consists of two things. Number one, as soon as you get angry, as soon as you get angry, you are meant to say something. What is it that you're meant to say? Does anybody know? When you get angry, what is it that you're meant to say? Are you meant to say, come on, bring it on. What are you meant to say? You're meant to say, i shaitan a I seek refuge, I seek protection, I seek shelter with Allah from a shaitan rajim, from the damned, cursed devil. Why? Because a shaitan, yes, he wants you to get angry. When you get angry, shaitan isn't saying, Ya, akhi, look, it's your wife. And he go easy on her. No, shaitan is saying, Look at her. Look what she's, she's burnt your food on, on purpose. Oh, tell her what you're about. Huh? She said to you, look at, look at her. Look at you." You wake up in the morning and call toothpaste, run out. Look at her. She did it on purpose. So you walk out of the bathroom. You say, look, I know you did that on purpose. You knew that that toothpaste was for me. And then you start getting angry. Huh? Your friend, he says, um, he says something to you. He says, oh, look at you. Your legs, how skinny they are. For example, I look at you, and he says it passingly. Maybe you shouldn't have said it, but sometimes we say things we don't mean it, and uh, the other brother takes offence. So you take offence, and then you say, "Yeah, well, what about you? Look at your nose; it looks like such and such a thing." And now the situation's worse. Huh? So shaitan is telling you to do so. He's telling you, do this, do that, pick up the stick, take a knife, take this, take that, and how many times it leads to? Harmful things. A person says something and before you know it, a fight is occurring. So the first thing that you need to do is seek refuge from this enemy of yours, this open enemy of yours, the shaitan. Once you've made a once you have made sti'adah, sought refuge in Allah from a shaitan al rajim, then you need to do something else as far as your tongue is concerned. So you've Made that that's the first step of the tongue. Second step, what's the second step? Ah. no, as far as your tongue is concerned, tongue not control. It, something else, remain silent. Um, that is uh, based upon the statement of the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam if one of you is angry then let him be silent if one of you is angry then let him be silent why? because when a person becomes angry once the fuel of anger is burning inside of you you can't do something you cannot on the most part control your Once you start to become angry and there is this fuel of anger, fire of anger burning inside of you. Controlling your tongue is very, very, uh, very difficult. So you might not want to say something, but because you're angry your tongue just unleashes and you end up saying something that you're going to regret. Just by being angry, the tongue, it may end up saying something that later on you're going to say, Why did I say that? That was so ridiculous of me. I should have thought about what I was going to say. So therefore, if you want to weigh out the pros and the cons, in that situation, don't gamble. Don't take any risks. You think that the missus is insulting you? Or the wife, she thinks that the husband is ignoring her, before you react to the husband, before you say to him, listen, why are you ignoring me? Listen, I'm talking to you. You never pay any attention to me. And so on and so on. Before you do that, let the anger reside. Be quiet. Remain silent. Once the firebrand of anger has been extinguished, now you've regained control of the tongue and thus you can use your tongue and move your tongue and utilize it in a more controlled fashion prior to that you had no control over it so therefore that is the second step the sub step of controlling of uh, the matter related to your tongue first thing about your tongue is say other seek refuge in allah from shaitan second thing is remain silent until the anger has resided and the second uh, step is related to your, your physical body. The first step was related to the tongue. And that had two sub-steps. Second step is related to the physical body. And that is what? Anybody? What do you think? You get angry? Sit down. And that is based upon the statement of the Messenger. When he said if one of you becomes angry then while he is standing if one of you becomes angry while he is standing up then let him sit down and so if his anger uh, if his anger leaves if his anger leaves if his anger departs then that is well and good otherwise let him lie down Otherwise, let him lie down. Why? Why is the Prophet والسلام, saying that when a person gets angry, he should sit down. Why is the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam saying this? Why is, why is there nothing like you might hear some of the uh, anger management counselors say that if you get angry, go out into... Allah knows best about this. Go out into an open space and then scream off the top of your head. And that will relieve your anger. Allahu alaikum. Why do we find the Prophet ﷺ saying something that is different to that? Saying something that these are the counselors have missed out on. Sit down. Ah. More relaxed. Good. Okay. Sorry. Excellent. Less likely to react. Because now imagine somebody gets you angry. Somebody gets you angry, he's in front of you, face-to-face. Face. You're standing, he's standing. Now, it is more easier for your hand to, ex- to extend and to physically hurt him. Or for your leg to extend and physically hurt him. Or your elbow, you need to extend and physically hurt him. Or for you to pick up a thing and hurt him. When you're standing and you're in front of the one that got you angry, then physically hurting him is m- more likely in comparison to when you're sitting down and likewise when you're sitting down as Ahmed said you're a bit more relaxed, you're a bit more relaxed but now in the situation where you sit down and the anger is still burning in you then lying down, why? because when you have lied down then you are at a you are totally distant yani the, you are abad. You are more distant from him in physically reacting towards that person when you are lying down, in comparison to when you are, to when you are sitting down. So all of this—that essentially was part number two of Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Abad's Sharh. Uh, and all of this it indicates the great importance of controlling our anger, because if we don't control our anger. And it can lead to drastic and grave consequences. Consequences that we really, really regret. As the Masjah alayhi sallallahu alayhi wa he said, Al-Ghazab awwaluhu al-Junoon wa akhiruhu al-Nadam. Al-Ghazab awwaluhu al-Junoon wa akhiruhu al-Nadam. Anger. Its beginning part is Junoon insanity anger the first part of it is anger and the last part of it is regret remorse so initially a person got you angry so you reacted and now after you have acted upon the impulse of your anger now you're sitting there regretting it so he's there and his somebody says something to him so he says something that is insulting someone says something to you you take it the wrong way and then you insult him and you start swearing at him and you do it in front of everybody you cause an embarrassment to yourself you cause an embarrassment to the person and then later on once the anger has gone and resided you're like oh what did i do that for now what's everybody going to think of me a person his again his uh, wife or her husband says something and the first thing that he ends up saying is what Talaq. that's it divorce get out no more or she says khula'a. I want khula'a from you this marriage is ending now period is finished she's gone he's remarried he's gone he's remarried not thinking about her again and now he or she has nothing other than uh, other than nada other than regret awaluhu junoon the first stage of it was junoon insanity when a person's angry sometimes if he was being video filmed and the footage was shown to him he wouldn't be able to recognize himself he'd say that is me eyes becoming red face becoming red acting like an insane person but that is why we are meant to have this tuada why we're meant to have this ana Why are we meant to have this thoughtfulness, this consideration, this deliberation, thoughtfulness about the things that we do? Otherwise, it can lead to grave consequences. A person, he, in your wife, your daughter, your sister, your niece, they come complaining, Oh, my husband, he's done this to me, he's done that to me. So then you get in the car, you drive over, open the door, and you start giving him a good hiding. Next thing you know, you're sitting in the police station. Next thing you know, you're serving a five-year prison sentence or a ten-year prison sentence for GBH. Or for all you know, you're driving down the motorway, somebody gets in your way, and then what do you do? Start beeping at the person, get out, get onto the hard shoulder, get onto the hard shoulder, you start arguing with him. Next thing you know, you start fighting. Next thing you know, you're in hospital. Or Next thing you know, perhaps you're serving a life sentence. Happens how many court cases happen because of what because of this lack of toada this lack of deliberation this lack of careful consideration this lack of thoughtfulness how many divorces happen how many people end up beating their children putting their children in hospital now children have been taken by social services why because he let the impulse of anger overtake him he didn't control himself he had isti'jaal there is an amazing narration a fantastic narration that has been recorded in Imam al-Bukhari's Al-Adab al-Mufrad in a narration authenticated by Imam al-Albani. This is a narration of Imam al-Hassan al-Basri. Imam al-Hassan al-Basri, he tells us a story. This is under the chapter of bab at tuada fil umur Chapter having Tuada, having deliberation and thoughtfulness concerning one's affairs. So Imam al-Hassan al-Basri, he says That there was a man, that there was a man who had a son and he had a freed slave. Now this man is on his deathbed. So he asks the freed slave to take care of his child, take care of his son. This is what the freed slave promises. Yes, I'll take care of your son. And this is what the freed slave promises did. He took care of the, of the son. So he brought up the son and he nurtured the son and he raised the son. And then once, once the son reached the age of manhood, the freed slave ended up getting the boy married. And then the day came when the young man, he said to the freed slave, I want to go I want to go on a journey of seeking knowledge islamic knowledge so get me ready so he got him ready and he went off on his journey his journey to seek knowledge when he reached the place of seeking knowledge the scholar over there said to him that before you go back home once you intend to go back home once the time for you to go back home arrives, then come to me and I'm going to advise you with something. So then when the time for this young man to go back home after having studied and sought knowledge in this land, after that time came, he went to the scholar. And he said, now the time for me to go back home has arrived. And you wanted to advise me with something. You wanted to teach me something, so teach me. So the scholar, he then says three things. Ittaqillah Have taqwa of Allah Fear of Allah Ittaqillah Wasbir And have patience Be patient And don't be hasty Imam al-Hasan al Basri He says They were just three things And therefore the person He remembered them Because it's just three things What were those three things? Ittaqillah hmm. Fear Allah Isbir, be patient. Don't be hasty, don't rush into things. Now the man he gets on his riding beast and he is heading back home. Obviously looking forward to see his wife, to see his family. So he arrives home, ties up his riding beast, enters into his house. When he enters his house, He finds that his wife is there sleeping away. But likewise, he finds that at a bit of a distance from the woman, there is a strange man sleeping there as well. So now the young man says, Wallahi, I cannot be patient with this. So he leaves the house, goes outside, goes to his riding beast, takes out his sword. Why? To go back inside and to kill this man, this stranger that is inside of the house, intruder in his house. Perhaps kill his wife for having such a man in the house and doing what he thought she's doing. So this young man takes out his sword, but then he remembers the statement of the scholar. Allah. <laughs> Don't be hasty. He puts the sword back in and he goes back inside the house. Again, he stands at the head of the intruder and he says, Wallahi, what is it that I'm being patient for? I can't be patient with this. Goes back outside, takes out the sword, and then again he says to himself, The statement of the scholar, Be patient, don't be hasty. Puts the sword back in. Goes back into the house. When he goes back into the house and he stands at the head of that man, that man that he thinks is an intruder, that intruder now stands up. He looks at the young man. When he looks at the young man, he starts to smile. The intruder starts to smile, becomes happy. He hugs the young man, kisses the young man on the head. And he says to him, (laughs) ماذا أصبت باعدي what did you achieve after me? What did you acquire after me? What did you attain after you left me? After you left home? Who is, this, who is this intruder? Who is this supposed intruder? Ah. This man is that freed slave. The freed slave that brought this young man up. The freed slave that nurtured this young man. This freed slave but have this young man married married to whom married to one of the freed slaves Maharin his daughter his niece as the scholars they mentioned and then the young man he says after realizing who this so-called intruder was he says wallahi asabtu ba'daka khayran kathira I swear by Allah I attained a great amount of good after you. After I left home, after I left this land, I attained a great amount of good. What I achieved was the fact that he said, (laughs) What I achieved is that tonight I walked between my sword and your head three times but the knowledge that I acquired the knowledge that I gained it stopped me it prevented me from killing you that is the benefit of not becoming angry that is the fruit of not being hasty, that is the result of being thoughtful, about being deliberate, about giving careful consideration to your affairs, the things that you say, the things that you do. That is the benefit of controlling your anger, and not doing or saying anything until that firebrand of anger has been extinguished. Now imagine, if he had not have done that, what would have happened? What would have happened? What do you think would have happened? Kill that person in cold blood. And now he would have had to perhaps face the death penalty. Not just killed him. Killed his wife. How many times you find man kills his wife and kills her lover. Not just that, man kills wife, lover and then kills himself. So he would have killed his father-in-law, killed his wife and then killed himself as well. Sometimes you find a person... Kills the wife, kills the so-called lover. Kills his own children and then kills himself. How many times do you hear about this? So the point here is that this tremendous narration, it teaches us and it highlights to us and is a reminder to myself and to yourselves about controlling this natural characteristic of anger and not being hasty. The third part is a summary of the benefits. There are three points number one so this hadith it shows the keen nature the ardent nature of the companions of wanting good of learning good of wanting to acquire goodness because this companion he sought advice from the Prophet alayhi salatu was number two التحذير من أسباب الغضب المترتب Second, matter, second benefit the Sheikh has mentions is a cautioning from the means, the avenues, the causes of anger, and the effects that those causes may result in. Number three, تكرار الوصية. تكرار bin بالنهي عن الغضب. The fact that the Prophet kept on repeating this advice, this advice of not getting angry and not becoming angry. This repetition indicates the great importance of that advice and the great station of that advice, the great importance of not becoming angry. And the great significance that not becoming angry holds. So that is a summary of the benefits, three benefits that Shaykh Abdul muhsin Abbad he mentions. And then inshaAllah Ta'ala, next week we'll continue with hadith number seventeen, the hadith of Shaddad ibn Aus, uh, Aus Radiallahu Ta'ala, Anhu Inna Allah al Ihsana ala kulli Shaykh. Indeed Allah has prescribed perfection for every single thing so we'll conclude with that unless there is anything that needs to be clarified inshallah until next week